Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. I am your host, Erica Vieira. Beauty and the Vlog is a number one online community and weekly podcast dedicated to supporting content creators and influencers in beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. We provide insight into the business, branding, SEO, content creation, and more of what it takes to be a successful online influencer. We've got influencer interviews and in-depth discussions to help you achieve your goals and see results online. To get the most out of Beauty in the Vlog, make sure to join the Beauty in the Vlog Facebook group and check out our Beauty in the Vlog website for show notes and more. Also, if you're new, then welcome and please make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single weekly episode. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, beauties. Erica here with another interview for you. So I hope you've been enjoying all these back-to-back interviews. Like I mentioned before, I recorded a whole bunch of them when I was pregnant, and uh, so they'd be ready for you. So this is the first intro that I'm recording after having my baby. So I just wanted to let you guys know I have a healthy baby girl. She was born on Labor Day. So I labored on Labor Day. (laughs) And um, it was a great delivery. And she was a healthy eight pounds, one ounces at birth. So now I have two little girls. I have a newborn and a 21 month old. So um, if you want to see pictures, you guys can follow me on Instagram. I know a lot of you guys already do. Just go to beautyandthevlog.com. And for those of you that congratulated me in the Facebook group, you guys are so sweet. And thank you so much. So uh, for this episode of Beauty in the Vlog, I have a really interesting guest, somebody that from a niche that I've never done before. And I just think what she has to talk about and discuss about her YouTube and Instagram is just so interesting. Before we dive into who she is and her bio, I do want to encourage you guys and do a girlfriend a favor and share the podcast. Thank you guys so much who have been sharing and sharing is caring in the world of podcasts uh, because um, it's not like YouTube where, you know, you can just search in YouTube or in Google and your videos pop up. Podcasting takes a little bit more effort to share it and all that. So do me a favor. If you're listening to this podcast right now, share it. So share, share it on your Instagram story. I get a lot of people doing that, which is amazing, or on a blog post or in a favorites video or just on a YouTube video or a Facebook post, or you can go on to the Beauty and the Vlog website. You guys know that I completely redid it and it makes sharing it um, via social really easy for Facebook, for Pinterest, for Twitter. So definitely if you're listening right now, then share it, tell a friend because I really appreciate it. And it really helps with getting the word out about beauty and the vlog. And if you haven't already, I know I say this every episode, but make sure you join our beauty and the vlog Facebook group. That's where there's a lot of engagement happening. A lot of people are asking questions about the videos. We have daily prompts. So I'm trying to make it like a different group than what's out there, you know, in the YouTube world, one where there's a lot more camaraderie, a lot more engagement, not just people kind of dropping their links. Definitely go to Facebook and just search Beauty in the Vlog and you can join that way. So for this episode of Beauty in the Vlog, 
I have Amber from Sweet Amps Cookies. And you can go to the show notes at beautyandthevlog.com forward slash Sweet Amps. That's S-W-E-E-T-A-M-B-S for all the information on the podcast uh, with links to her favorite products and all that fun stuff. But Amber is a 34-year-old online content creator based out of Kingston, New York. She started decorating cookies. Yes. So her entire YouTube and Instagram is all about decorating cookies. She started decorating cookies about eight years ago and sold them through her Etsy shop as a side gig. A few years later, she decided to upload her first YouTube video of her just decorating a cookie or basically showing people how she decorates cookies. The videos became so popular that she decided to stop selling cookies on her Etsy shop and instead focus solely on teaching others how to decorate their own cookies through YouTube and in-person classes. She now works full-time producing cookie decorating tutorials. Amber is also the mom of a nine-month-old baby and says that she's so grateful to be able to have the flexibility of working for herself as well as be able to help support her family by doing her passion, which is cookie decorating. So Amber has 1.1 million followers on Instagram and almost 700,000 YouTube subscribers and 75 million video views on YouTube. So it was just a really interesting conversation. She's doing something very different. And what I love about Amber and what she's done is that she's obviously, if you are not familiar with Amber and her channel, totally check it out or go onto her Instagram because she's really talented at what she does. And she's just taken something that she does, which is what I always say that people need to do is to do what you're good at, but also find your niche, like niche down. Because when you're able to do that, you're able to kind of differentiate yourself from the pack. And I love how Amber basically created an entire business around just decorating cookies. And it's so interesting. So make sure that you do go on to the show notes. We have a lot of good resources there. So beautyandthevlog.com forward slash sweet ams. And I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Well, hello, Amber. Welcome so much to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So I've never had somebody like you on the show before. So I'm really interested to dive in and to talk about your experience on YouTube, creating content and creating those really eye-catching cookie decorating videos. They're just kind of addicting when you start watching them. So I'm not surprised you've got the type of audience and the views that you have because it's funny, even people that might not be interested in cookie decorating, I could see just watching it because it's kind of relaxing in a weird way. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, absolutely. I have a lot of viewers who don't decorate cookies at all and they just watch them for fun. That's yeah, I believe it. It's like kind of like yeah. I was watching. I was like, oh, this is like, I just realized I just spent like the last 20 minutes watching like someone <laughs> decorate a cookie. Like, I know. It's so crazy. So yeah. Amber, let's get started with talking about just you a little bit of your background. Like, where were you at in your life when you decided to upload that first YouTube video and, and what inspired you to basically start a channel? Well, I started out selling cookies online. Um, I was, you know, I've kind of enjoyed baking my whole life and I went to culinary school for it. Um, But I'm also an artist. So I decided just to combine those two things. um, And I started up a little Etsy shop um, where I would sell my decorated cookies for birthdays and special events like weddings and things like that. And then after a little while of selling, I kind of realized that people were more interested in learning how I made the cookies rather than actually buying the cookies. So I decided just to try uploading a simple tutorial 
to my YouTube channel, which I mean, I didn't set out to like be an instructor, but after that first tutorial, it kind of took off and, um, I just started making more and more and that's how I got to where I am now. When was it that you had this, uh, Etsy shop when you were selling? How long ago was this? This was, um, in 2009 and I stopped selling cookies in December, 2014. So it was a few years of selling them online. And so you hopped on Etsy because you were, you're an artist and you just enjoyed making these cookies and you're really good at it. So you started basically selling, selling and having an Etsy shop basically. Yeah. I actually didn't know about Etsy until my mom told me about it. Cause she's also an artist. So she was, and Etsy was just kind of new at the time. So she had just heard about it and she was like, you know, why don't you just try selling on Etsy? And it was so easy to set up a shop. Um, really user friendly. So it was, you know, pretty simple to do. Yeah, Etsy's great. I uh, I had a clothing line at one point, and we sold, you know, in, in sports stadiums and things like that. It was like sports apparel, but we also had an Etsy shop. And I I was I know a lot about Etsy because I had that shop on there, and it was very easy. Actually, it was a really it's a really nice platform. It's great. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I love it. So, okay. So then did you upload your first video in 2009? No, it wasn't until I think it was 2012 that I uploaded the first one. Okay. So it'd been a few years of having your Etsy shop. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your, was the Etsy shop like your primary job or income way of bringing in income? No, I was doing it part-time. Um, I had, just graduated from culinary school. So I had some jobs at Mm. bakeries and um, I also went to work for my dad for a little while. Mm -hmm. So Etsy was my side job. Gotcha. So you uploaded your first video in 2012. Mm -hmm. And were you kind of like a fan of YouTube at the time? Would you watch other people doing this? Like, like why specifically, you know, did you say, Hey, I'm going to film myself doing this and, and put it, put it on to to YouTube? That's a really good question. I, I don't even know how I thought to do a YouTube video. I wasn't really like what into YouTube or social media that much. Um, I had re- only recently started my Facebook page. It wasn't on Instagram. So I don't really remember what drove me to upload to YouTube. Um, but it just kind of happened that way. I mean, I'm sure it something must maybe I saw another cookie video Mm -hmm. but I really don't remember why it just was like that was the platform to upload a video did you have the any equipment or did you just say hey I'm just going to take my my cell phone and and video video this I'd imagine like uh oh yeah it was on my uh, my iPhone and I didn't even have a tripod I would tape my phone to a cardboard box with packing tape (laughs) hold it above my workspace and I would just use the natural light coming in through the window and that's how I did it. Wow. So your first video, you just kind of threw together. You said, Hey, let me just try this out. You uploaded it. And did you get a pretty decent response with that first video or would you kind of like, you know what, let me, let me try this and let me get a hang of this and, and upload some more videos. Yeah. At the time I wasn't really, um, you know, too interested in 
the views because it didn't really take off till a little bit later. But um, the response that I did get was, you know, positive enough that I decided to just keep going. Um, and I was uploading really sporadically, just like when I thought, oh, maybe somebody would want to learn how to do this. I would just mm. upload another video. Gotcha. So, yeah, I wasn't really, I think. And then later, like now it's the first video is one of my most popular videos, but that it, it like got, it took off really early on. So that was like really encouraging, um, you know, not right away, but. With the first video that you uploaded on your channel where you taped your phone to the box? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how many views does that ch that video have? I think now it's um, around 2 million, somewhere. Oh my gosh. About, like right above 2 million. That's crazy. And so what was that video about specifically? That was like really basic instructions on how to just like put a base layer of icing on a cookie. So it's called... Um, I think it's called how to flood a cookie with Royal icing. Mm. Um, so yeah, just super basic stuff. And then it's funny because my, my most popular video now is like a really complicated, like long tutorial on how to decorate makeup cookies. So it's like pretty much the opposite, but my other popular video. So I saw that video. That one is the one I was like, wow, this is like really cool. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you could just watch it forever. I, yeah. I, it was really, and the cookies look so, so cute. Uh, so that's really interesting. So, but you said that that video, that very first video didn't actually take off for a while. Yeah. So what like happened? Not, it wasn't like anything that I remember, like any kind of event. Um, it was just like one day I was like, whoa, this video has a mm. lot of views. So I don't really know how it got popular. It must have been like featured somewhere. Um, but I don't remember exactly what happened to make that video popular. How much later did it pop like that after you uploaded it? Um, I mean, it must have been at least six months or to a year. Oh, wow. Okay. Really did that. So you had other other videos up on your channel. Yeah. Did you notice at that time, like a spike in subscribers? Um, not then. It kind of happened when I, um, so later on, I joined the Tastemade YouTube network. Mm -hmm. um, and they're the ones who kind of just like guided me a little bit on how to like, you know, make my channel more organized and told me I should be uploading on a regular schedule. So once I got more into the channel and started uploading on a regular basis, um, that's when it really started to take off. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus with people that kind of start off kind of like how you did, like, eh, let me see, let me just yeah. put, do a video whenever I feel like it. And then they get a couple of videos that kind of take off, they get a bigger subscriber base, and then they think, huh, Maybe there's something to this. Maybe I should look into yeah. what I have to do to make this like a serious thing. So mm -hmm. the, when did you join this, the, the Tastemade network? That, I think it was in, I want to say 2013, early 2014. So about a year after you started your channel? Yeah. And where were you in uh, subscriber numbers at that point? Oh, I don't remember. Um, it must have been, it was definitely under 100,000 mm -hmm. um, at that time. Was it above 20 or 50? Yeah, I mean, it was probably around like 50, maybe, I mm -hmm. want to say. And is that, I'm not familiar with that that network. Is that one specifically just for uh, like cooking and food? Yes, they are a food-based kind of network. Um, 
they also have a lot of videos on Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. all cooking videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you still with them? I am. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So yeah. it's, it's, pro- it's going good. Yeah. Um, through them, I also do a series called Cookie the News, which is we just take like news headlines and turn them into cookie videos. Oh my gosh. Um, how yeah, fun. So that's a lot of fun too. Is that on your channel or is that on their platform? That's on theirs. They do. I think there's a YouTube channel for it, but really it's more popular on Facebook and Instagram. So it's not really like a YouTube thing because they're mm-hmm. all time-lapse videos mm-hmm. um, and, you know, between a minute and two minutes long. Yeah. So it's really not like a YouTube type video. Yeah. So it's like fast videos that they have on, on Facebook. Yes. Gotcha. So you, you create the video. Do you go into like their studios and all that? I do it all here in my own studio and then I just, um, edit and upload it into a drive folder and they Mm -hmm. take care of it from there. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Mm -hmm. All right. So, okay. So let's, so let's go back to your channel. So then, you know, you started in 2012, you joined this network and about a year, year and a half later. And at that time when you joined the network, it sounded like you, you kind of decided to maybe focus more on your YouTube channel or take it a little bit more seriously. Yes, that's true. Um, So when I was uploading those tutorials every once in a while, I was always connecting them to a blog post. So Mm. it was like, in order to really understand what was happening in the video, you had to go to the blog. It wasn't like, um, Mm. you know, kind of a, I don't know what you'd call it, like a self-contained. It wasn't standalone, the video. You had to go to the blog. Is it because you you didn't were there like more instructions in the blog post or why did, why couldn't someone just watch the video and get everything out of it? Yeah. Cause I was only doing like part of a tutorial as a video to kind of like explain what I was talking about in the blog. Gotcha. So it was really kind of like more for the blog readers and I wasn't using YouTube as like a way to reach YouTube viewers mm-hmm. until I joined Tastemade and they encouraged me to like you know, get more into the YouTube scene. So what did you do differently at that point? So then I just um, started making full length tutorials on um, like, I was kind of getting away from my original style of like doing a lot of florals and vintage inspired. I was kind of looking to more like pop culture for my inspiration, um, Mm -hmm. like cartoons and, you know, things like things that are popular on the internet, um, you know, in order to kind of encourage people to watch and bring subscribers over to my channel. So it sort of was like a, a switch in my style, but it was also like, you know, I was just challenging myself to come up with new stuff for my YouTube channel. Yeah. I can imagine that creating popular things inspired, like you said, cartoons, movies, whatever, yeah. that that's how you were able to generate an audience on YouTube or get people to find you. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. And what about your schedule and your upload schedule? So I never really like got into a real upload schedule. It was kind of just like I would try to upload um, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, midweek in the afternoon. Um, and it's been like that ever since. Like, it's just kind of, I still don't have like, you know, come back on Thursday at two for a new video. Um, just because I, I still have like a lot of other things happening that I can't always like make a YouTube video every week. 
because it takes like it's so much work to do a YouTube video. So I kind of am still not like in that real set schedule. So are you uploading three times a week or is it just whenever like like once a week or twice a week or whenever? Yeah, it's it's like once a week, um, but usually more like two or three times a month. Hmm. Are you doing uh, YouTube? So, okay. So at this point, are you doing YouTube full time or are you doing anything else? Well, the cookies are my full time job. So it's like partially YouTube and then the cookie of the news. And I also teach classes in person. Um, I have online classes. I have premium content on my website and I have a book that just came out in November. So it's like, you know, all these little things. Yeah. You have Um, a whole platform of, of different things that you're doing that are related to basically decorating cookies. Yes. And YouTube is only like a, 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 is it like a small part of it or how much of, of your whole overall, I'd say business or platform is YouTube? Yeah, that's like a quarter of it. So oh, okay. it's a pretty good chunk of, yeah, my entire cookie, you know, career. Empire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's interesting. So um, where, okay, so but it sounded like your whole platform did start from getting some popularity on YouTube or was there another platform where you really grew and was able to build an audience? Well, I think YouTube is definitely like the main one that got it started. Um, but then when Facebook, um, like the Facebook videos started to take off, it was, I was uploading those little short Mm -hmm. time-lapse videos of my cookie decorating tutorials. And that's what really like, you know, started the ball rolling in my popularity. Mm -hmm. Um, which also like would, you know, loop back into YouTube because people would see my Facebook videos or my Instagram videos and they would want to know if I had a YouTube channel. So it kind of all just grew um, from there. So you have your, your Facebook and your YouTube and do you still maintain the blog? I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, I'm assuming where you sell your courses. Yes, that's true. Okay. I have like the premium content on the blog. And then I've got classes that are more interactive on Craftsy. Mm-hmm. Um, you familiar? I don't know if you're, it's mm-hmm. like, um, they have all kinds of DIY classes like sewing and painting and baking. Gotcha. So yeah, I have two cookie decorating classes over there as well. And do people subscribe to be a part of Craftsy and they can take any of the classes or do they have to sign up specifically for like purchase specifically your classes? Um, currently it's that you have to purchase a class individually. Mm -hmm. Um, but eventually I think they're going to switch over to membership style. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And that makes total sense with what you're doing, because like you said, you know, you started off as an artist selling these cookies, but people were more interested in learning how to do them. Yeah. So how do you differentiate between, you know, what you put on your YouTube channel and all your free content versus what you decide that you're going to kind of keep for your premium content or or paid content? Um, So my premium content is kind of like, I feel like that's like essential sweet ams kind of stuff, like my video on how to make the icing that I use um, 
and how to do just like the, all of the icing techniques that are kind of like the basis for everything that I do on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So on my YouTube videos, I don't go from start to finish with recipes. It's just like you start with your cookie and you have your icing, everything's already made. And then I just go right into the actual decorating, Mm -hmm. um, where the premium content is like, you could go start to finish on, you know, a whole set of cookies. So it's just like more information basically. And it's more info on not just the decorating part of it, but like baking the actual cookies and all that. Yeah. Making the icing and how to get the right icing consistency for your project, um, how to hold a piping bag correctly, all the basics. Are you careful kind of not to include that in your YouTube? Yeah, I am actually. I kind Mm -hmm. of um, try to keep that stuff out just because I mean, I do have the urge to like put that on YouTube, but I feel like, um, you know, the videos are doing well and it's also kind of not fair to the people who have already purchased that to just put it out. Definitely. So, so on your website though, you, you have, you have your own content there that you sell. That's different than on, uh, is it Craftsy? Yes. What do you have on your own website? Well, the stuff that I was talking about, that's all on my own website. Oh, okay. Um, the craftsy class is like, so the stuff on my own website is also like just my hands with um, text mm-hmm. instead of, you know, me with um, talking. But then the craftsy class, it's like you see my face and there's like a kitchen backdrop um, with like multiple camera angles and there's a forum where people can ask questions and I, Mm. and I answer them, um, you know, pretty much weekly I go in and answer everybody's questions. So it's, it's kind of like the content definitely overlaps, but it's like a totally different format. So just really for the viewer, it depends on how they, how they want to learn the content either by watching me, my face, or just like reading the captions and watching my hands. What do you find that you sell more of your own content on your own platform or from Craftsy? Oh, I never really like compared the two. (laughs) Um, But it's because it's like the, it's so different because I get like a royalty from the Craftsy class. Whereas my own videos, I keep all of the revenue. So, I mean, my own stuff is definitely more revenue, but in terms of like volume, how many, yeah, I'd say at the beginning, when I, the Craftsy class first launched, it was definitely the most popular um, class that I had. But now I'd say it's pretty much even. How long ago did you start offering premium content? That was um, that was also in 2012. Oh, so then. you started doing that way, way at the beginning when you first started uh, your, your channel and all that. Yeah. And this, it was my dad's idea. Like I didn't even think to sell videos and my Mm -hmm. dad, he's a businessman. So he was like, you need to make like tutorials and sell them. So I tried it out and it worked out fine. Yeah. So that's, so that's kind of been part of your, I'd say business model or plan from the beginning. But then where did you get your audience at that time to purchase the classes since you didn't have, you know, now you have, you know, 600 something thousand followers on YouTube, subscribers on YouTube, over a million mm-hmm. on Instagram. So that's great. But you didn't have that back in 2012. So who was finding and buying your classes? 
It was, um, I mean, I had my Facebook page, but it was really like, I maybe had 10,000 followers at the time. So I was really Mm -hmm. just promoting on Facebook. Um, and that was it. Like, I mean, it definitely was not anything that I could make a living off of in the beginning. It was just like a few, you know, customers here and there, but it just grew over time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was difficult in the beginning. Yeah. I would imagine that, that that would be a little bit more of a challenge before you had that big audience. Yeah, definitely. All right. So one of the questions that I ask everybody that comes on the show was, was there anything that happened? And, you know, I, I think it's so interesting. You do so many different things. So, so you could talk about on any of your platforms, but was there anything very specific that happened like a tipping point or something where it just brought a ton of attention to your work? Yeah, I would say um, when Instagram started allowing us to upload videos and Mm -hmm. not just photos is Mm -hmm. when it really took off after, you know, I'd been posting videos on Facebook, which was great. And I was getting tons of views, but really it was the Instagram videos that um, kind of pushed me over the edge there. And also I found that uh, and this is still true for me, that Instagram followers are kind of more engaged um, than on any other platform, I think it just seemed, I don't know if that's true for other people, but in, like, that's my favorite place to go and like post new stuff. Cause people are so like responsive to it. And, you know, they send me messages and ask questions. So that's like the most fun for me. Yeah. Cause you have a lot of followers on Instagram. I'm yeah. At, let me see how many do you have? You have over a million, right? Yeah. It's 1.1 million. Yeah. Now. That's yeah. great. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when, when did the whole video thing happen? That happened maybe like two years ago? I think it was two years ago. Yeah. Okay. And so then about two years ago, you started, so you had your Instagram beforehand. Yes. And then you started uploading videos and then, yeah, I, I know that with Instagram too, when they came out with that video feature, they really, oh yeah, you're, you're, your makeup one has like almost 2 million views on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know that they really pushed heavily the the posts with videos on it. Right. Yeah. So that helped me out a lot when they were doing that. Where were you like, where, where were you uh, follower wise about two years ago? Um, I want to say it was probably between like 70 and 100,000. Yeah. And then now you're at over a million. Yeah. So yeah, let's talk Instagram a little bit. Are you finding that you're still getting that kind of, you know, uh, people following you and viewing your videos now versus two years ago? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely changed since they changed the algorithm yeah. as they did on Facebook where you don't see things in chronological order. Um, so it's, that affects my views, um, and my engagement, but it's still like, you know, my, my favorite platform out of all, um, because if, you know, I post a video there and people are still really interested in it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it still works great as a way to, you know, show everybody what's happening. Were you really affected by the algorithm? Um, change? I don't- not not as much as I was affected on Facebook. Mm. On Instagram, it's still 
you know, it's still pretty good on Instagram, but Facebook really like hurt a lot. Really? Yeah. So I would get like, if I uploaded a video on Facebook, it was like, I could expect to get a million views in a couple of days. And now it's like, I'm lucky if I get a hundred thousand. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so do you, do you just put less time into Facebook once that happened or? I kind of did. Yeah. Mm. Like I get all, like I get really into uploading a video to Instagram and I'm like, all right, I got to schedule this on Facebook and then it'll be like days or weeks. And I'm like, oh, I never posted this video to Facebook. And so it's kind of sad, but that's, you know, that's how Facebook is. Yeah. It's a pay for play. They want you to pay to have people see it. Yeah. And is it, is it a a business page? It is. Yeah. 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 It makes it harder when it's a business page because they want you to pay, they want you to pay for it. Right. Have you ever ventured into that paid ads? I I have. Yeah. I've done a couple of um, paid posts on Facebook and, um, they, they do okay. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that I want to be doing constantly. Yeah. Um, but I do it once if I have like an event, like a class or a book signing coming up, then I'll use the sponsored post feature. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Have you ever used the, the paid ads to help promote your paid content? You mean like, your, um, your classes? Oh, yes. I've went in the beginning, especially when I just first started doing the, um, you know, the paid or the premium content, Mm -hmm. I would like do a little sponsored post um, for like a week or something just to help boost it. Yeah. Um, And now I do it, you know, I will pay for a post if I have um, any kind of event coming up just because it's so hard to reach people, especially like if you're trying to reach people in a specific area, there's geographical area. Yes. Um, yeah, if you're trying to reach somebody in a certain town where you're going, um, you can really only do that through the sponsored post because you can specify what, like what people you want to see that post in what towns. Yeah. Yeah. You can get really specific. So do you go on tour? Um, I don't really go on tour. I just kind of like, since my book came out, I've just had a couple of like local book signings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a self-published book. So it's okay. kind of like all up to me to do the promotion yeah. and everything like that. So, um, I've had a couple of little events just locally. Um, I'm in Kingston, New York. So I went down to Englewood, New Jersey, and then I did another one in Beacon, New York, which is just like 40 minutes away. Okay. So the local ones. So I'm totally going to be honest right now. Like your Instagram, I'm looking at it and it's like, it's like, I've been just staring at these videos this whole time. It's like, <laughs> it's like, like beyond addicting to watch them uh, as you decorate these cook. It's like incredible. Like you're really, you. really, really talented. Thanks. <laughs> like, it, I mean, did you, how did, how did you get into doing this so well? It just like, it took a lot of practice. There's a uh, post on my blog about like how much time it took for me to get to a certain level, um, of decorating. Like Mm -hmm. I have photos up on my blog where I show pictures of, you know, how my cookies looked in a long time. I think it was like, yeah, 2009 compared to how they looked in 2012. And you can really see the difference, um, after like years of practice. That's crazy. I mean, do you ever people show you their work and say, Oh yeah, I was able to do this. I mean, I would, it's amazing to watch. I just imagine it'd be really hard to replicate. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I do get a lot of emails and messages with people's photos. And also, like, people will tag me in their photos on Instagram mm-hmm. so I can go look through that, the hashtag, um, and see people's cookies. So it's really interesting because some people can really, really do it, like, spot on. So yeah. it's kind of amazing to see that. And that makes me really happy. And then some people will be like, you know, this is my first attempt at decorating cookies. And it's like, it's pretty good. Like, it's not, you know, excellent, mm-hmm. but it's like, kind of amazing that they would watch, you know, a couple of my videos and then try it and they can just get it. So that's really cool to see that. Yeah, that's cool. And I'm sure like the people that take your classes too. Yes. Oh, yeah. And also like, in the craftsy classes online, they can upload their photos. And then I can look through all those. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of neat. That must be like, really cool to be like, Oh, wow, like, they, they followed my instructions and then, yeah. and they made a really nice looking cookie. Yeah. yeah. This is something I could never do. I would be horrible at it. This is, <laughs> I think cause I'm left-handed. I think it's just not made for me to be crafty. I mean, this is just like, it's <laughs> insane. You guys have to go to Instagram, sweet ams and follower. You will like, you'll seriously spend way too much time watching these videos. <laughs> so are these the same videos that you upload onto YouTube, but you just kind of, sh- you know, shorten them and make them faster? Or do you create original content just for Instagram? I do both. I sometimes will upload just like an Instagram video, if it's something that is not, it's like a super simple thing. Mm -hmm. Um, or if there's like a holiday that I didn't have time to make a YouTube video for, I'll just like quickly do an Instagram video and upload it. Um, but most of those Instagram videos are a shortened version of a YouTube video. Mm, Yeah, I would think so. That that's what most people usually do just to repurpose their content. I mean, that makes the yes. most sense. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So the other question I always ask is, what are you struggling with? Is there anything that you're currently struggling with when it comes to your, you know, kind of being an influencer, being in the online space? Yeah, right now, I would say the biggest struggle is like trying to reach people, um, reach my audience through social media and also on YouTube. Um, because the I took, um, I was on maternity leave for like eight weeks Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm still kind of like making up for that time that I missed. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, if you go missing online, it's like people kind of forget about you. So I'm still like, you know, playing catch up with that. So that's what I'm struggling with is just like reminding people that I'm still here and like trying to get as much new stuff out as possible. Um, so that's where I'm at. That's so crazy because it's like, and congratulations, by the way, how long ago was that? Oh, thank you. Um, well, she's eight months old now. Oh, okay. November. Aww. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, mine was born in November. What's, what's her birthday? Oh, really? The yeah. 12th? The 12th. Mine is November 24th, but 2015. So she'll be two, oh. two this year. And then I'm due in like, four weeks. So oh my gosh, probably by the time this goes up, I'm because that's what I'm trying to do too right now is I'm, you know, doing a ton of interviews so that I have a bunch of content already done yeah. so that when I take some time off, it's there because I made the mistake last time around. I did take some time off. I didn't take eight weeks. I think I took like four months. Like I took a long time and oh, it's yeah. like coming back. It was practically like starting over and stuff. But in a way it was weird because in a way I, I took that time to really think about things and I made a lot of changes and I, I kind of came back with like a renewed force. And so 
I really sometimes time off is nice, but for you, yeah. it's it's really interesting because you're so big, and even you, even you have that issue. I mean, you have, you know, a million plus people on Instagram, you have, you know, 600,000 people on YouTube. How many people do you have on Facebook? Two, about two and a half million on Facebook. Oh my God. Two and a half million on Facebook. And even you suffer with, well, you know, they didn't see me. So (laughs) then they, they, they went away. I mean, I I find that really, really crazy. You didn't even take like that much time off. So did you upload nothing for two months, basically? Pretty much. Yes. And did you tell people leading into it? Like, Hey guys, I'm going to be taking some time off. So like people knew I did, but the thing is that I don't ever show my face in my videos and I don't don't talk to them. So like if I have a message, it's in the description or in the comments. So not everybody sees that, especially if you're watching on your phone. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for me to like get messages out there. And like I can that. imagine that people watch your videos too, just without any sound on and they just watch oh, yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't need, you don't need the sound. Right. Um, is that like a purposeful thing that you decided you wanted to stay in the background and not be like a personality? It, it was really just because like I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had the equipment to do it mm-hmm. um, or really the time because it's so much easier for me just to like, put the camera in front of my hands and do the tutorial and just have to edit one shot yeah. and not have to say lines over and over again. Get ready. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't have to get ready. Yeah. Right. So it's just a lot easier for me and it saves a lot of time. And also I am like super shy. So mm-hmm. that n- didn't really even like cross my mind to do it that way first. It was just like, you know, I just did it. Yeah. And then you just kind of continued on with it. Yes. Right. All right. So next part of the interview is the best tips section. So we go through and just very quickly kind of ask questions on uh, tips for, you know, your YouTube channel. So the first uh, question is, what is your best tip for starting a channel? My best tip for starting a channel would just be, be, I'd say just go for it. And, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, um, you, you know, it's, you won't get like a ton of views right away, but you know, there's, there's no, nothing to lose just by starting a channel and trying it out. So yeah, I would just say, try it and see what happens. What is your best tip for what not to do? Oh, my best tip for what not to do. I personally, this is just me. I don't like when people like talk too much when they're showing you how to do something. Mm. Um, so it's like, I kind of, I'm more of like a visual person. Like I need to see what's happening. And instead of like having it explained with nothing happening on the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, so like sometimes you'll just see some hands with some supplies on screen and somebody's talking in the background, but not doing anything. So I know that's really specific, but that's just something that like, I will click away from a video if I see that, you know, so I just like to see action on the screen. 
I think that's actually a really good tip. And that's something that I say all the time, too, that some people, a lot of people, they spend too much time on their intros. You know, mm-hmm. they they get in front of the camera and they go on and on and on and on. And it's like, OK, you know, whether it's like a makeup tutorial or like a DIY thing or a fashion thing, you don't have to. I think those first few moments in a video are really, really crucial in catching attention. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And then like you said, you have to keep the action going because then people just click away if they get bored. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you do that. I mean, you definitely get right into the point into what you're doing. Like it's action from the start. You don't, yeah. like you said, you're not in front of the camera. So you don't say, hey guys, this is Amber. I'm going to do a video. It's like, boom, you go right into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it works for you really well. So what is your best tip for growing a channel? My best tip for growing a channel would be to interact with people. So when I first started, um, I would find other people who were doing similar things, cookie decorating, and Mm -hmm. I would talk to them like through social media or through their channels, just, um, you know, ask them a question or tell them how, you know, how awesome this is that, you know, they made this cookie design and just kind of like introduce yourself to people so that they will hopefully come back and see what you're doing. Um, you know, not in like a spammy way, not like, Hey, come check out my work, but just like, you know, just like be really genuine. If you see something you like, tell them that you like it. And that, you know, that sort of just like shows people that you're there. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite platform to do that in? My, I, it was Facebook back when Facebook was kind of more into like social interaction mm-hmm. um but now it's instagram mm. yeah. yeah instagram so it sounds like instagram is your your go-to favorite platform yes it definitely is yeah, yeah. and how often do you upload onto instagram i try to do like twice a week at least mm. um and if i can get like a combination of photos and videos in there then i can up that to like three or four times a week which is always nice Yeah, that's great. I mean, you're having so much engagement and so much popularity without even having to upload every single day. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I should be really uploading like every day, but Mm -hmm. I just can't. Well, you have so much going on. Yeah. You have like so many different things that that you're doing. So yeah. Uh, What is your best tip to get noticed online? My best tip to get noticed online would be to just, I think, just do something that you're really passionate about, because I really think that passion will show through and people will enjoy watching what you're doing. I think that's a great tip to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yours is, do you have competition in in what you do? I'm sure there's other people that do cookie decorating. Oh, there's tons, tons and tons of cookie decorators. And I mean, I wouldn't say it's competition because like, if somebody is into watching those videos, they're probably going to just like try to find as many as possible to watch. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's kind of cool to see other people making videos and so that people have tons of content to watch. Are, are those the types of people that you reach out to and like to kind of uh, collaborate with? Or is it kind of something similar, but not not exactly like cookie decorating? No, it's like, like basically the same thing that I'm mm-hmm. doing. Um, and these, I would call these people like my friends, even though we've never met in person. Mm-hmm. Um, there were like a couple, like 
a channel called Haniela's is like my favorite cookie decorating channel. And we actually, we don't talk about doing the same video, but a lot of times our videos are very similar, like based Mm. on the same content. And it's just like really funny to see that. But um, yeah, we chat all the time and we've done a couple collaborations. Um, So yeah, I have, there's a few people online that, that are like that. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. What is your best equipment tip? My best equipment tip is, um, I would say the lighting. Mm -hmm. So even, it doesn't even have to be equipment, just like even natural light, which is how I started, um, is really great for doing videos. Um, I've since upgraded to an LED panel just because the natural light is not always reliable or consistent. So if it's like a partly cloudy day, Mm -hmm. it's just like so hard to film like that. Um, so now I just close the curtains and I use my light just to keep everything consistent. What, what's the LED panel? What is it exactly? So it's just like a, like a rectangle filled with tiny little LED lights, Mm. but it's super bright. Oh, interesting. Would you get like on Amazon or? I got it from, um, where did I get it? It's actually like a local place that supplies mm. photo and video, but you can definitely, I'm sure you can get it on Amazon because you can get everything on Amazon. So do you hang it like above you or how, how do you do it? Because everything you do is from above. Right. So the light is in front of me. So it's kind of like backlit, but the camera is on my left side, sort of like over my shoulder almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have it like directly above because my hands will get in the way because I'm, I'm a right-handed decorator. So the camera is coming in from the left. So then my hand's not in the way. Yeah. Um, so it's just, the light's just on a stand in front of me. Gotcha. All right. So the next round is called our, our bonus. Well, it's usually the beauty bonus round, but I got to rename it because we're getting away from beauty and we're like having a bunch of different types of influencers on the show. Yeah. So, um, so I'll call it the bonus round. And the first question is, this is more kind of fun about like what you do, but what if you're what are your three, I would say, because you're a cookie decorator, what are your three essential cookie decorating uh, tools. Okay. So my three essential decorating tools would be the scribe tool, which is basically like a needle with a plastic handle. Mm-hmm. And I use that for, um, you know, fixing mistakes or helping me spread the icing out on the cookie. Um, or even like I'll dip it into icing and use it to draw like really small details. Um, so that's one. And then another one would be, Um, let me think about it. There's so many, I want (laughs) to say my, my KitchenAid stand mixer, Mm. um, because that's how I get like really nice royal icing just because with a, with a hand mixer with those little blades, it Mm. kind of incorporates too much air. So the KitchenAid stand mixer is another tool that I probably couldn't decorate without. Yeah. And then, um, The other one I would say would be, I mean, besides like the obvious, like bags, tips, um, colors, I would say would be paint brushes because I use them for, um, doing all kinds of different techniques. They're not just for painting They're you know, you can also use those to clean up mistakes or, um, 
you know, you can use it to make texture in the icing, just all kinds of things. So that's my other favorite Is there any tool. specific uh, paintbrushes? And, and for those of you listening, like you always know, I have the show notes and you can find the show notes for this episode at beautyandthevlog.com forward slash sweet ams. And that's S-W-E-E-T-A-M. BS. So you can find all the show notes there and I will link everything that Amber is talking about. But, um, and maybe Amber, you can like, if you have specific ones like this, you could, uh, email them to me and I can just put them in the show notes too. Oh yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. So the, the paintbrushes, you'll email me and then I'll put them in the show notes. So if people who are curious or interested, they can check it out there. Okay. And okay, next question. Um, okay, so this is kind of like about your, your the technology. So you told me about lighting. Basically, you just use that LED panel. What kind of camera do you use? I have a Canon DSLR. Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband is a filmmaker, so he kind of oh. is like the one who got me into all this fancy stuff because mm. um, I started out using my iPhone tape to a box. So yeah. <laughs> when we met, he was like, you should probably upgrade. And it took me like almost five years of being with him until I finally got myself a DSLR with a light and a stand. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm using now is that DSLR. Took you, you're married to a filmmaker and it took you five years to get a good camera. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Why, why were you so resistant to kind of transition into, to better quality? Oh, um, mostly because I just was like, I didn't feel like learning a new piece of equipment and what I was doing. I was just so used to it and it was so easy. And I really thought it was going to be a lot harder than it is, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, my life has really improved since then. Yeah, I'm sure. Which uh, which uh, Canon camera do you use? Um, I don't even know the name of it. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> how like clueless I am about this equipment. I'm like, he recommends things, and, and I'm like, all right, I'll get that. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, uh, maybe you can can look in and email it to me later with with the other stuff. Yes, I uh, do have it. My order receipt in my email, so I will send you the name of that camera. Perfect. <laughs> And, um, and for you, you don't do a lot of sound. You basically do voiceover or like music over, right? Yes, I do music. Yeah. Where do you find a lot of your music? I find it on audionetwork.com. And, um, so I get, I have free access to the music because I'm part of that YouTube the, network. The network the yeah. Tape, yeah. Case made. So they supply their partners with music, which is super helpful because otherwise it's like you're you know, you have to spend money on music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have that advantage. Can anybody access that audio network or is that only for people within uh, your tastemaker or, or tastemate network? Yeah, any anybody can access the website and listen to what's on there. I always put a link in my YouTube video mm-hmm. to the song that's featured there. Yeah. Okay. But the cool thing is because you're part of that network, you get to use this all for free. Yes, correct. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, for you, I would think music is pretty important because you don't, you don't even speak in your videos. It's just right. text on the screen and music. Yeah. I have done voiceovers a few times, mm-hmm. um, like maybe two or three years ago, uh, but it just got to be too much. Like, again, I just didn't have time to do those lines over and over and yeah. try to like edit the Match music it. behind voiceover. What do you use to edit? 
I use Adobe Premiere Hmm. now. Um, I started out on Windows Movie Maker, which my husband was like, you can't use that. Like (laughs) you have to use like an upgrade. (laughs) Yeah. So he was like, and I was on, um, I was using a PC and he was like, you need to get a Mac, you need to get Adobe and Mm -hmm. you need to get a new camera. So, um, now I have like, you know, all really good equipment and software because of him. Yeah. And it's, it really, it does help. Like, I mean, I was able to start out using what I was using and that was great because you don't have to make a huge investment in the beginning. Um, but you know, then as I got more popular, I was able to make bigger investments in my equipment. Yeah. I mean, and, and you, did you find it was just, once you did that, things were easier. Like, do you wish you would have done it sooner? I wouldn't say I wish I had done it sooner. Um, but it, cause I was, you know, I managed on my yeah. own without that stuff, but now that I have it, it's, it is so much easier yeah. and it's just more fun to do it. Cause it's like more streamlined and everything. Yeah. 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 That, that's a good point. It's more fun. Like, cause it's just, yeah. you're like, okay, this is easier. So, yes. Uh, what would you not do again if you were to start your whole cookie decorating empire today? Oh, that's a great question. What would I not do again? Um, I don't know. I feel like everything that I've done has like led me to where I am. So I can't even think of something that I would not have done because even the stuff that didn't turn out great, like it's always like a learning experience. There's been plenty of like stressful moments and why, you know, why did I do that? And where, you know, when I was selling cookies, it's like, why did I use this carrier instead of UPS to send this package? But, you know, you learn from all those really annoying experiences that happen. So I don't think I would have done anything different. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that a lot too, with different things. It's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I should have done this or that, but you know, you have to look at everything as like a learning experience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, who would be your dream collaboration, whether it's with a course or with a video or whatever? Is there anybody out there that you would just love to collaborate with? Yeah, I've always wanted to do something with cute polish. Mm. Um, Cause it's like her. It's kind of similar design, so. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. She, she does it on nails and, and you do it on cookies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I didn't even think about that, but that's so true. So that would be fun. I've never reached out to her. I just kind of like, I don't know, you know, how it is with, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe she's like, doesn't, because I feel like she would have collaborated with people by now. And I don't really ever see collaborations on her channel. Mm-hmm. So I've never even like tried. Yeah. Well, maybe it's out there. So yeah. maybe you should try now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. What do you wish you did do when you first started? Um, I wish that I had, I think I wish I would have like, th- well, when I first started, I was selling cookies and I wish that I had priced my cookies higher to like make it worth my time. Um, and also to just like get people used to the idea that this is what cookies cost. Yeah. So even now I see cookie decorators charging like $2 or $2 and 50 cents a cookie. And they say that their customers are like, you know, they're not even willing to pay that. So it's like, I kind of wish that five years ago, it was like, 
you know, a cookie is at least $6 a piece, mm-hmm. if not like, you know, eight or $10. Cause now it's just, I just want that to be the norm for people so that they can make cookies and like make a living off of it. Cause it takes, it does take a lot of time. So you can't really do it unless you're like really in love with the process. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a work of art. Yeah. So what do you think is a fair price for like a, a good decorated cookie? I would say like at least $6 for one cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Cause how long does it take you to do? I it mean, you're really, really good. So it probably takes you shorter, but it, 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 I'm sure it still takes you a good, a good amount of time. Yeah, it does. It takes like anywhere from five minutes. I mean, you know, a normal cookie is five to 10 minutes each just for something simple. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've spent up to 45 minutes just decorating one cookie. So it can really vary. Yeah, Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Like you can't eat that cookie. It's like, it's like, how can you eat that? You're like, I'll just stare at it. Maybe I'll smell it. Uh, Okay, what is the what is the smartest decision that you've made in, in this whole career of yours? The smartest decision that I've made, um, would, I would say that starting out like really early in my career, starting to sell the videos because that, like I said, with pricing the cookies, at least now people are kind of used to that idea that sometimes you have to pay for content and Mm -hmm. it's not all free because a lot of people are just used to getting free Free. stuff on the internet. So I'm glad that I started that early and that people are, you know, willing to pay for a video. Yeah. Um, Are you still selling the cookies on Etsy? No, not anymore. Yeah. What is the biggest mistake that you've made so far? Um, The biggest mistake I made, I would say it's just, it's kind of an odd thing, but I moved into this, um, I've rented spaces since the beginning and I've moved like a few times. Um, so just like this one space that I was in was, I was really miserable and like the landlords were kind of awful. Yeah. Um, so that's like, and I, the reason I moved there was to be closer to my house. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'd soon after found like a really, a much better place. And I kind of wish that I'd skipped that place altogether and moved into this other place that I found later. Um, that's like the one thing that stands out for me. Cause that was kind of like, I just don't let, I like being really comfortable in my workspaces cause it helps yeah. me to produce like better. better content. Content. Yeah. So I just like to be, and I hope that I've learned from that mistake from now on. I don't move somewhere that I'm miserable. So I just have to be careful about, you know, where I'm working. So do you, you don't film in your home? No, I don't. I have um, a studio outside of my house. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm like less than 10 minutes from home, which is really nice. Yeah, that's really, really nice. So that's where you do all your filming and everything. Yes. And you're, do you like work there? Like do your editing there and all that? Or is that just a filming studio? I have my editing here also. So Mm -hmm. I bake, I decorate, um, film and edit all from this space that's kind of nice because then it's like you kind of have it separate from when you're home because when you're home you're working I mean sorry when you're home you're home with your family and then when you're in your studio that's when you do all your work yeah yeah I definitely need to have like a separate area for all that yeah that's really really nice yeah uh okay what is your favorite video or one that you're most proud of my favorite video is 
Definitely the makeup cookies. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I that just like really how cool. I love how they came out. Yeah, yeah. What is your favorite opportunity that you got as a result of being uh, in this kind of crazy online space? My favorite opportunity, um, I would say it's Cookie the News. Mm. Through it's been your Tastemade? Yeah, the Tastemade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been a lot of fun, like making cookies out of news headlines um, because it's always something a little bit quirky. Like we did one for when Michael Phelps was racing a shark. So there's a cookie of Michael Phelps and a shark <laughs> in the pool. <laughs> so just it's just like, you know, fun and challenging. So that's my that's my favorite opportunity that I've had. How often do you do videos like that, those types of videos? Um, it's usually once a week, but in the summertime, it seems to get kind of, it's only like one in July. Um, but we used to do like three a week, but it was kind of a struggle to like find enough content to like make make that many cookies. Yeah. So we try to do once a week now. So do you get paid to do that? Yes. Yeah. So you get paid for that, that particular, like each video that you do or whatever. Right. Yep. It's per video. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It, it's great because you have so many different streams of income doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's nice not to just have to rely on one single thing. Yeah. Um, especially as it gets more difficult to like reach people. It's kind of like, all right, well, that's not working now. So I'm going to go over here and try this instead. Yeah. Because you're getting income from YouTube AdSense. You're getting income from uh, the Tastemade videos. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you do some sponsored content. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's also one of the revenue streams. Yeah. Do you get those opportunities from your network or do you have a manager or do you get them on your own? I have somebody who kind of handles that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. they, a lot of times I get, people will come to me directly and say, can I, you know, do a sponsored post? And then I'll just like, um, connect them with, my social media person. And then we set it all up from there. And she also does, um, she'll write the captions for the posts on unsponsored content and kind mm-hmm. of go back and forth with the client mm-hmm. to make sure it's what they want and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So then you've got the sponsored content and then you have your courses on mm-hmm. both your own platform and, you know, uh, the, the other platform. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's great. You have a lot of different, revenue streams, which is like yeah. you said, so important and, and kind of a, a very, uh, I don't want the, the tumultuous is not like the word I want to use, but kind of like an ever changing, inconsistent, uh, arena, you know, this yes. online space, it's changing. Yeah. I mean, they mm-hmm. change the YouTube algorithm all the time. They change the Instagram algorithm. Like you said, Facebook, yeah. I mean, it's like, you have to kind of buffer yourself against all those possible changes. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Where do you think you get probably most of your revenue from? Um, I would say that's from like the stuff that I kind of do on my own, like the, the book and the premium content and the classes. Yeah. That's, that would have been my guess would be your courses and, Mm -hmm. and all that. So the book, if you want to talk a little bit about the book, where, like, where do, where do you sell it? So it says it's self-published. So is it like on Amazon, on your website? Yeah, the book is 
It's available on Amazon, um, mm-hmm. but it's not like through Amazon. Like we still ship it, but mm-hmm. it's like you can buy it on Amazon. So it's like you can't get it. Um, you can't get prime shipping because it's mm-hmm. not shipped by Amazon. Um, but And I also sell it on my own website as well. So those two outlets, it's not in stores, um, yeah. but it's online. When did you release the book? That was... Um, I think it was October 31st and it was two weeks before my daughter was born, but she Mm. was born early. So I, I was not prepared at all. I had like tons of orders to go out book orders and Mm. I like was in the hospital and I was like, I can't get these. Oh my God. So my, (laughs) you're in labor. (laughs) Yeah. So my dad and my brother like basically took over that whole operation. Oh, that's Um, nice. So all the books are, so the, the printer also distributes, so that's helpful. But my dad and my brother like handle off the orders and send them to the printer to get, Mm. you know, so they can send them out. So that's been super helpful. So how well did your book do? It's done pretty well. I mean, you know, it's just me promoting it. So it's not like I'm selling tens of thousands, but, um, yeah, it's not bad and, now, every time I like post something on Instagram, there's another wave of sales. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like overdo it though. I don't like to kind of bombard people with, you know, here's my book, buy my book, buy yeah. my book. Like I've seen this already. Yeah. Um, but you know, I try to like every so often post something about it and then get another little wave of sales, which is nice. And, and it's a, a cookbook I'm assuming or a decorating book. Yeah, it's mostly decorating. It's mm-hmm. like a bunch of projects and techniques. And then also my cookie and icing recipes are in there. Mm. What do you sell the book for? It's twenty seven ninety nine. Mm. Gotcha. Plus shipping, right? Yeah. So it's not cheap. No. And that's the other thing about self-publishing is mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't expensive. really have the buying power um, to get like a good wholesale price. Yeah. So it's kind of have to price it higher because we pay a higher price to get them printed. And was that a very conscious decision to want to do it um, like self-publish and not go through a publisher? No, I had a publisher and we basically almost finished the entire book with the publisher and then they run into like financial trouble and they had to drop a bunch of their book. Oh Um, (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So it ended up being like, okay for me because I, then they basically signed over all of the rights to me. So I was able to make changes and change the cover and like do all this other stuff I wanted to do, like do some more editing. Um, cause you know, a publisher has complete control over the whole thing. Yeah, and I, I, I made suggestions and they were like, well, no, because we think it's better this way, but it's like, so now I just get to do what I want with it, which is nice. But Again, you don't have that buying power, so it's expensive. So you didn't end up looking for another publisher? No. I mean, there was one other publisher who had expressed interest in doing a book, but they didn't want that that type of book, like the style of the cookies that are in it. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to focus on getting this one out first before I like moved on to a different style because we spent so much time on it. I just couldn't let it, you know... Are you, get out. are you glad that it, you ended up going this right this route? Yeah, definitely. I'm yeah, this was much better for this particular book. Um, yeah. And I don't I mean, if I had the opportunity to do another book, I probably would like with a publisher. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not like out there like seeking 
seeking it because it's just like not on my top to the top of my list now because it's like it's so much work to do it and yeah I would imagine and like now you have the experience of having done the whole thing so when you talk with the publisher you're even more educated on like this whole process yeah yeah uh okay so last question so I mean there's so many interesting things to talk to you about I feel like I could probably talk to you for like (laughs) so much longer but we can we need to wrap this up but I mean you have so many different aspects of your business and what you do it's just really I think it's incredible how it's like like the online space allows you to be very successful doing something very niche based like cookie decorating. And it's, you've been smart to diversify your content and your income to, I, I mean, this is what you do. This is your livelihood. This is your career. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's incredible. Nobody, I mean, you couldn't have done this 10 years ago. No, definitely not. That's, I'm always thinking about like, what would I be doing if there wasn't any internet? Yeah. I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really amazing. Um, so the last question is, what is your superpower? Meaning what were you, what about you that comes very easy, comes very naturally that you feel has contributed to your success? I would say that that's basically like just my, um, my artistic ability. Yeah. Your talent. My, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my superpower, I would say. Um, just because it's, you know, I never really had to like struggle to like learn how to do it. It just kind of came to me. But I also have this like, you know, it's it's fun for me to like show other people how to do it, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're really talented. It's beautiful, beautiful beautiful work. So, okay. So people want to find you and your content. Uh, where should they go? They can go to my YouTube channel. Um, it's called Sweet Am's Cookies and I'm Sweet Am's on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. All right, Amber. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And for those of you listening, make sure you go to the show notes for all the links, the videos that she talked about, the products she talked about uh, at beautyintheblog.com forward slash sweet ams. All right, Amber. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. Oh, good. Good. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. That's our episode and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you stayed this long, do me a huge, huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. It helps more than you know, helping other people find the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. Also, make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode. And if you're not a part of the Beauty and the Vlog family on our Facebook group, Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week.